Welcome to this episode of We Believe You, advocacy, resources, and healing around interpersonal trauma. I'm Casey. And I'm Jessica. And I'm Marie. Welcome to episode eight and the first episode of season two. We're going to be kicking things off with our seasonal recommendation show, and we've got some great recommendations for you this time around. But before we get started, we want to give you a short preview of the other episodes this season. Hi, y'all. This is Jessica. This season, I'm going to be hosting a podcast with Marie that will talk about intimacy after trauma, focusing on how to navigate all types of relationships and even sexual intimacy after a traumatic experience. I'll also be talking in another podcast with Casey about sensory grounding or how to use the five senses to help you ground back into the moment when you're feeling triggered or overwhelmed. This is Marie, and on this season of We Believe You, I'm going to be talking about social construction of virginity. The social construction of virginity podcast will focus on the things that we have been taught about virginity and why those things may be problematic. And this is Casey, and I'm really excited to be working with Jessica on this sensory grounding episode. Besides that, I have two other episodes that I'm equally excited to share with you all. In one, I'll be exploring the idea of healing through storytelling and the power of oral histories. And in the other, I'll be talking about some unique barriers for trans survivors. So as you can hear, we have a great season lined up to share with you all. And as always, we know there are topics we haven't explored yet. We keep a list of topics that we think might be helpful. But if you have any ideas that you want to share with us, our contact information will be at the end of the show. So I'm going to start us off with our first recommendation, a book about survivor stories called We Believe You, Survivors of Campus Sexual Assault Speak Out. The book was compiled by Annie Clark and Andrea Pino, who are the founders of End Rape on Campus, an organization dedicated to survivor support, public education, and policy reform. They were also a part of the documentary The Hunting Ground, which highlights the injustice many survivors have faced when filing Title IX complaints at their universities. But We Believe You is a compilation of stories from 36 different survivors told in their own words the way they want to tell it. The book aims to share the stories that mainstream media doesn't tell, including the stories of survivors with different identities and experiences. So in the author's own words, they wanted to actively make space for multiple narratives of assault in this book. We also want to make space for multiple truths in response to trauma. Assault sometimes shatters pieces of ourselves, and the way we want to put our own mosaics back together, or don't, is an individual process. So with such a broad range of experiences shared throughout this book, you're probably going to find yourself relating to different stories at different times and in different ways. The book is structured so that each survivor's story is told in pieces at a time. So the first chapter talks about the before, sharing the backgrounds of the survivors, including their salient identities. I loved how the book was set up in this way because it allows you to really get to know each survivor outside of what happened to them. The second chapter is called How It Happened, which shares the actual stories of assault of each survivor that were introduced in the first chapter. There are also sections in this book on trauma and betrayal, healing and everyday activism, and declarations of independence. Each chapter also features a chorus where a sentence or two is taken from each survivor's story about a specific topic. So for instance, in the How It Happened chapter, there's a chorus called The Attacker with a sentence or two from each survivor's story about who their attacker was. In the Declarations of Independence chapter, there's a chorus about what school was like for the survivors after their assaults. Dispersed throughout the book are also poems or other works of creative expression. One survivor talks about how she started sewing after her assaults and found healing in making her own lingerie. 
One of my all-time favorite quotes from the book comes from Andrea Pino as she talks about how it's okay to not be okay and that self-care really is a radical act. So in her words, she explains, I learned that I was worthy of love and worthy of self-love. I realized that self-love is activism, my libertas. Self-love is sitting under the tallest redwoods in the world, beholding the beauties of the Rocky Mountains, running to catch the sun along the peaks of the Badlands, and sleeping surrounded by the cascading waves of Santa Monica Beach. Self-love is knowing that I will always have those who loved me during my most difficult times when I felt farthest away from myself. Self-love is letting myself feel pain and sadness and fear when it is most terrifying to do so. It's the validation to feel both happy and unhappy. So I will say that if you're in a place in your own healing where you're finding that hearing the stories of other survivors is incredibly triggering, this may not be the book for you right now. While not every survivor shares details of their experience in this book, there are stories that will be triggering for you. You will likely feel many different things throughout the course of this book. There will be moments when you may feel anger and rage, maybe even despair and deep sadness. But these stories will also give you hope. They are demonstrations of the resiliency of survivors and the ability to move on despite horrific experiences. These may be stories of rape and sexual assault, but they are also stories of healing. You'll learn from these stories how healing can be messy and truly looks different for everyone. There is no one right way to do it. And yet the journeys of the survivors overlap and can join in so many different ways. The next book we're going to chat about is a bit different from the rest. This will make more sense in a second. The book is entitled Wreck This Journal by Carrie Smith, and it is literally just that, a journal that gives you over a hundred ways to destroy, wreck, or give character to the book. Carrie Smith is a Canadian illustrator and author. She strives to create open works, which means that her books are completed by the user. I say user because Carrie does not refer to her followers or fans as readers because she wants individuals to interact with her books. Carrie said she got the idea for the Wreck-It journals because she took a journal around with her for two months and thought of creative ways to destroy it, with the help of her friends, of course. If you finish all of the ways to wreck this journal, don't worry, because there are six total Wreck-It journals. She also has other books, such as The Pocket Scavenger, This Is Not a Book, and How to Be an Explorer of the World, which invites users to interact with the books. When you first open up the Wreck-It journal, it comes with a warning to users. Warning. During the process of this book, you will get dirty. You may find yourself covered in paint or any other number of foreign substances. You will get wet. You may be asked to do things you question. You may grieve for the perfect state you found the book in. You may begin to see creative destruction everywhere. You may begin to live more recklessly. The book truly calls you to interact with it in so many ways. The book even has a materials list that include, but are not limited to, dirt, sticky things, tears, smells, fears, ideas, and emotions, all of which, of course, you'll need for the book. When I first started working on the Wreck-It Journal, it felt weird destroying a book. It went against all of my instincts to be careful with books. But once I got over that, destroying the journal in creative ways was really fun and oddly calming. I even invited my partner to help me in wrecking the journal. 
Some of the ways of destroying the book are amusing, like pour, spill, drip, spit, fling your coffee here, or tie a string to the journal, go for a walk, drag it. One of my favorites is lose this page, accept the loss, throw it out. I had a hard time just getting rid of a page, but as it says, you must accept the loss. I found that working through the book was a good way to do some self-care and sensory grounding. Many survivors may be feeling overwhelmed or experience anxiety. Working through this book can be a good way of grounding you to the present. The book helps you focus on your surroundings and to be more aware of how you are feeling. Some of the instructions in the book are more serious, like space for negative comments, what is your inner critic saying, or a page titled, this space is dedicated to internal monologue. These spaces allow you to do some processing and allow for you to be raw and honest with yourself about how you're feeling. Sometimes I work with survivors who are unsure what to do with all of the anger they are feeling after a trauma. First, it is important to understand that survivors have every right to be frustrated and angry. Anger is a healthy emotion, and being able to be honest about all of the emotions that are coming up is vital. But what to do with that anger becomes the question. There are healthy ways to handle anger and unhealthy ways to cope with anger. The Wreck-It Journal is a healthy way survivors can work through their emotions, including anger. One page even states, fill this page when you are really angry. Another page states, scribble wildly, violently, with reckless abandon. The WGAC held a radical self-love event on campus, focusing on a variety of activities for healing and coping. At this event, survivors had the opportunity to participate in a rage room. This is a space where you can go in and destroy things to release that energy or frustration you may not have been able to express. The Wreck-It Journal allows survivors to do the same, except the journal is something you can take with you anywhere. The book states, to create is to destroy, because you are taking a material and transforming it. If books are not your thing, there are a few apps you can try that are available at the Apple Store called This Is Not An App and Wreck This App. The Wreck It app has similar instructions as a book and includes 50 prompts, inviting users to interact with the app. A few of the screens include tasks like choose a photo of yourself you dislike, deface, color this entire page, draw a line while in motion, on a bus, on a turn, while walking, if you want a full list of Carrie Smith's work, you can visit her website at www.kerismith.com. That's www.kerrysmith.com. So either way you go, book or app, it's a good way to help you connect and be present. If you are feeling anxious, this could be a good way of grounding. If you are needing to process how you are feeling, this book can help. If you are angry, this book can give you a healthy outlet for that anger. So like I said initially, this is not your typical book, and that's what makes this so appealing and helpful. I love the Wreck-It Journal. I'm so glad that you picked that for this time. Yeah, it was really fun working through it. I didn't even know that they had the app. Right? And the app is really interesting because it does a bunch of like different things you can do with it. And then it will give you kind of like different colors you can use or textures or length sizes. That's so cool. All right. So I get to share with you my pick for this episode. And it's a book that I talk about all the time since it came out in 2011. I've made my notes on this podcast from a signed copy of the book from the author herself. In case you can't tell, I am a fan of this book. 
I'm talking about What You Really, Really Want, The Smart Girl Shame-Free Guide to Sex and Safety by Jacqueline Friedman. Even looking at the cover makes me happy. It's hot pink with just the right amount of angsty, huge yellow letters. It's so unapologetic. And that is the way I think people can be about their sexual selves as well. Unapologetic. For folks out there who have ever felt that they've had to hide their sexuality or hold their boundaries unspoken, this book is for you. When I saw the author speak about her book, she said that most self-help books teach you how to fit yourself into the world, and that this book will tell you that the world is effed up and that it will help you navigate it. And that really resonated with me. It's one of the reasons I've had a really hard time reading self-help books. I'm not broken. There's nothing wrong with me. And there's nothing wrong with you. Yes, we can learn and grow but we don't need fixing. What you really, really want is the right mix about talking about internalized depression and asking deep, introspective questions. And yes, the title is talking about girls, which is both infantilizing and non-inclusive of trans identity. And a lot of the examples in the book are from a heteronormative perspective. But I don't let that count it out for me. The biggest theme of the whole book is you do you. What do you like? What don't you like? What turns you on? What makes you feel safe? And I think everybody can use some self-reflection on these questions. The introduction states that this book isn't meant to be read because that puts the author in charge. She is clear. You are in charge of you. It's about exploration. Each chapter has exercises that help you uncover what you want sex to be like for you. Many of the survivors that have explored this book have reported to me that it's a slow process. They have to take it chunks at a time because they're having to really re-examine all of the messages they've received and internally believe and see if that fits who they really are. The exercises are essential and so worth it. There are chapters that unpack shame and fear, chapters on how to navigate messages received from family and friends, chapters on how to set boundaries and feel confident, just to name a few. From the very beginning, Jacqueline Friedman asked the reader to spend at least 30 minutes a week doing something that makes your body feel good. And when we really think about it, how many of us do that? I do it some weeks, and then at other times completely ignore my body because I've had too many other things to think about. Or I intentionally ignore my body because I know it hurts and needs attention, but I don't feel like I have the capacity to do what it needs. Ringing a bell for any of you? But being in tune with our bodies helps us figure out what feels good and what doesn't. And for survivors, sometimes being in touch with our bodies can be pretty triggering. Often I don't hand this book out to people until they are naming the desire to explore intimacy again, but not knowing where to start. That is a great time to pick up this book. This is definitely one of those right time, right book situations. But if you're interested in starting to get more in touch with your body, we run a group called Trauma and the Body out of the WGAC that might be a good way to start exploring your body in a safe and supportive environment. But back to the book, and to close out this section, I want to leave you with a quote from the book that really resonated with me. Friedman writes, I've learned that being wanted isn't the same as wanting, and it's important not to confuse the two. I've learned that I'm going to make mistakes, and that just because something winds up feeling bad doesn't mean it was wrong for me to try, as long as I tried it out of my own curiosity and not because of pressure, threats, or coercion. I've learned that direct communication is almost always the best policy, even when it feels hard or awkward. I've learned that there's no way to eliminate risk for my life, 
So the best approach is to get informed and decide which risks I'm comfortable with. I've learned it's possible for me to violate my own boundaries and how damaging that can be and how to resist doing that. I've learned that love doesn't actually conquer all, even though it can be the best thing ever. I've learned that some things are supposed to be good for me feel bad, and some things that are supposed to be bad for me feel great, and that ultimately, I get to make my own decisions about what's good and bad for me. And that's what this book is about, equipping you to be the ultimate arbitrator of what works and doesn't work for you. Now we're going to switch gears and talk about the FORGE website. FORGE is a national trans anti-violence organization based in Wisconsin. They provide direct services to trans, gender non-conforming, and gender non-binary survivors of sexual assault, as well as provide training to professionals that work with survivors of sexual assault. In Season 2, Episode 14, Casey discusses some of the barriers that may come up within the trans community. So if you want to learn more about barriers and how to navigate these barriers, check out Casey's podcast, Barriers to Service for the Trans Community. Statistically, we know that one in two trans individuals will experience sexual assault within their lifetime. Trans individuals face higher rates of violence due to transphobia, and trans people of color face even higher rates of violence due to the overlapping oppressions of transphobia and racism. FORGE helps to connect trans survivors with resources in their area and gain access to information. If you're thinking about going to therapy or counseling, but are worried you may face transphobia, FORGE can help connect you to people who understand trans identity. At the WJC, we are welcoming of all gender identities and maintain an intersectional social justice philosophy. FORGE also has a lot of articles and information that are specific to trans survivors and their support systems. So FORGE not only connects trans survivors to resources, but it also offers workshops, conferences, and an online writing series. The writing series is free and available anywhere in the country. The writing series description on the FORGE website states, Soothing the soul through words, images, and experiential activities. This is dynamic, experiential, and reflective writing-based course that encourages and allows participants to transform feelings about past abuse, assault, or violence into empowered hope. Participants will use writing, art, and movement exercises to help address topics that impact many survivors. I like that the website discusses trans-specific barriers to service and includes highlights of national events affecting the trans community. At WJC, we understand that there are specific barriers for trans survivors when they are seeking out resources. So if you want more information, check out Casey's podcast and the FORGE website at www.forge-forward.org. That's www.forge dash f-o-r-w-a-r-d dot org. Forge also has a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram page, as well as a listserv you can sign up for. Forge is a great website for more information and resources for trans survivors, but Forge does not specifically address issues that trans people of color face. Insight is another organization that is focused on ending violence against women, gender nonconforming, and trans people of color. Insight is more focused on grassroots organizing and activism within communities. So also know this can be a good website to check out. So go to www.incite.org.
dash N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L.org. That's www.insight.national.org. So that's all for this episode of We Believe You, Advocacy, Resources, and Healing Around Interpersonal Trauma. Please remember that the WGAC is here to provide support for all CSU students 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. To reach an advocate, you can call 970-492-4242. If you had feedback, thoughts, comments, questions, or want to be interviewed for the podcast, please email wgac at colostate.edu. That's wgac at c-o-l-o-s-t-a-t-e dot edu. For more information about advocacy in the Women and Gender Advocacy Center, go to www.wgac.colostate.edu. You can also find the WGAC on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. A big thank you to Xavier Hadley for creating the music used in this podcast and to our partnership with KCSU here at Colorado State University. For more KCSU content, go to kcsufm.com. Thank you so much for listening.